You know, not a whole lot of things make me super uncomfortable. But one thing that does make me super uncomfortable, I I don't like seeing crystal balls for OU coming from the wrong side of the Red River. Maybe that makes me a bad guy, I don't know. But I don't love Jeff Ketchum, Parker, which he is kind of an enemy of the show, by the way. I don't love seeing Jeff Ketchum put in crystal balls to OU. You could have just left it at, I don't love Jeff Ketchum. I don't love Jeff Ketchum. Let's just restart the show and restart the intro. I don't love (laughs) Jeff Ketchum. I'll just say it that way. Well, I hope it's not the kiss of death. I don't want to talk about Jeff Ketchum's balls, okay? That's that's what we're all getting to I certainly have no desire to talk about Jeff Ketchum. No desire whatsoever. But he did put in two crystal balls that uh, favor OU. Four-star hey, defensive lineman, They're future Smith. casts, okay? Oh, sorry. Future cast. Future cast. One for uh, four-star defensive lineman, Nigel Smith. He's one of the big four that we keep talking about at defensive lineman. And another for a uh, four-star running back to OU, Caden Durham. So let's, let's start with this, okay? I'm going to use that as a point to jump off on the conversation that we love right now, which is a conversation about the big four defensive linemen. Um, now that a Texas guy has put in a crystal ball to Nigel Smith, I believe you, don't you have a crystal ball in for Nigel Smith? I have for quite a while. Yes, sir. If we're talking about most confident out of these four guys to end up at OU, is, is it Nigel Smith currently? Is he number one on that list? I'd say so. Yes. Yeah. And would the list go like this? Would it go Nigel Smith? Zadavian Sims, David Stone, and Will Winery, in terms of overall confidence that they sign with OU, is that the correct order? Or would you flip Stone and, um, and Zadavian Sims? No, I, I think I would agree. I, I think it's probably Smith, Sims, Stone, Winery. That's how I would rank it right yeah. now. Well, I, I mean, that, 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 it's just a – what do you call it, a future cast? Or what do they call it, I guess, over there at Rivals, a, a future cast? So it doesn't mean that Nigel Smith, it's – you know, inevitable that he is going to commit or he's going to sign, but it's a pretty good sign, man. Like, you feel good about Zadavian Sims. You feel good about Nigel Smith. I I know that you're getting the runaround a little bit, but you still feel good about David Stone. Like, OU needs to sign at least two of these four defensive linemen, in my opinion. We've talked about that. And going into the month of March here, coming up on Wednesday, I think you got to feel pretty good with where you're currently at to to get that done. Yeah, Nigel Smith, I don't know if I would throw the lock label on it yet, but he seemed like a very safe bet to end up in this Oklahoma class for quite some time. So assuming that you get him, you really just need to go one for three between Stone, Sims, and Winery. And I would honestly say that – Very doable. Two for three is very plausible as well. So there's a world in which Oklahoma could go three for four. Again, though, we'll continue to say at rock bottom, I think, is two. You got to get two. You got to get two. Tyler from Kellyville. Looks like Jeff Ketchum doesn't have any more balls since he gave both of them to OU. <laughs> LOL. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen Jeff Ketchum in the wild. And industry. Maybe he's not a real person. Yeah. No one else in the industry has either. Everybody's like, yeah, we never see Ketch anywhere. He's not he's, a real person. That's why. He may not be a real person. He may be a computer generated. Uh, AI chatbot. Yeah. He he also has a future cast in for uh, Caden Durham, uh, four-star running back. H- here's my question because I-, I think here's what maybe we're trying to identify at this point. It doesn't feel like to me like what OU is going to get at running back, but like who, who do they really want at running back? Who they really, <laughs> really want at running back? Honestly, it kind of feels like that's who they're probably going to get in this 24 class. So 
is it Caden Durham now that this future cast is in, or like does a five-star running back Jarrett Gibson, who had a crystal ball in today for Texas, by the way, um, like what does this mean for James Peoples out of San Antonio? He's really good. I, I don't know who OU and DeMarco Murray have identified as their top targets for running back. I, I guess we have to sort that out right now. Is it Caden Durham? Is it James Peoples? Like, where do you feel like things stack up I there? believe so. I believe those are the two highest percentage probabilities for Oklahoma at the running back position. They're very much in the mix for Taylor Tatum. They're very much in the mix for Jeremy Payne and Stacey Gage. Obviously, they're in the mix for Xavier Robinson. But right now... And it's, it's been this way for several weeks, probably a month or so, actually. I think Durham and Peoples are probably the guys that you can not necessarily bank on, but if you had to put money down on what Oklahoma's running back class is going to look like, you'd feel most comfortable putting it down on those two. Jeez, uh, we've got assistant coach slander today on the text line. This, this is how we're going to start our Monday, everyone? This is how we're going to get through our Monday together? I just got in the studio not 15 minutes ago, and I'm looking at both uh, Bill Biedenboe and Todd Bates' slander to start the week. Of course you are. Oh, my gosh. LOL, Todd Bates being favored for a top-flight D-lineman. Hmm. I've watched this episode before. Uh, Biedenboe, they're calling him three-star talent right now. What happened? What did you guys do before I even got in here today? That same person... Was, on, was probably on the text line in April of 2021 when DeMarco led for Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk going, DeMarco Murray in the lead for a top-flight running back in the recruiting class? I've seen this episode before. Yeah, and not that the majority of the fan base agrees with the Todd Bates slander. No, the majority of the fan base would concur that that particular individual is a moron. Yeah, well, I look, I, I'm not even going to call it a narrative because there's just so few people that believe that. But for the few people that, you know, need their minds changed still, I guess, I I do feel like this 2024 class is going to change the minds of the people that are still, you know, Todd Bates can't recruit. He sucks as a defensive line coach. I think they'll get at least two and and possibly even three of these uh, big-time defensive linemen. Uh, By the way... Uh, Jeff Ketchum is Doug from Norman. That's from the 918 on the text line. Not true. I have seen Doug on multiple occasions. I've seen Doug like four or five times in the wild. And Doug is a very, very nice person when you meet him face to face. Sometimes his texts can get after you a little bit, but in person, Doug is fantastic in person. He will probably even be at our 68 team giveaway coming up in a few weeks. So if you if you ever want to see Doug and Norman in person, he was there last year. I bet he's there again this year. Yeah, Jeff Ketchum is like the Yonksa River Dolphin. He was spotted in the wild at one point, but it's been probably 20 years. Yeah. Yes, we know our uh, terrestrial signal keeps fading and dropping out. Just go to our app, uh, KREF. Just search us in the App Store. I don't really know what's going on. I, I'm just going to blame it on Parker today because I walked in and the terrestrial signal's cutting out. People are upset about Biedenboe. People are upset about Todd Bates. He basically set this place on fire before we even got to 2 p.m. today. <laughs> it's because so. Steely's not here. Steely's the one that keeps it all together. Yeah. Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I wanted to start on a happy note before I got to this subject, okay? And it's not like it's not bad news or anything. It's just a um, off-season topic when it comes to recruiting. And I do want to hear from the text line uh, on this as always. Parker, who's like the one recruit 
throughout however long you've been following Oklahoma football, like what's the one recruit you wish you never got away? The one recruit that you thought was a lock for OU or it came down to the final two, the final three, he goes to another school and ends up being a star. I, uh, the David Hicks jokes, I know we're going to be here on the text line before uh-huh. we get to some real responses. Yeah, I mean, like that's, that is the answer to me. I don't know if there is an answer that stacks up with that one. And I know he's not, he hasn't become a star yet, but he will be. That's a can't-miss prospect. He'll dominate at Texas A&M. He will. And OU fans will look over their shoulders and wonder what if. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you three different responses here. Okay. Uh, very recent, which is David Hicks. Somewhat recent, Julio Jones. I think it was down to OU in Alabama for Julio Jones. And Julio would have been – he would have been a true freshman on that 2018, that historic offense. You think Julio Jones would have helped things out a little bit on that 08 offense, even as a true freshman? I bet he would have contributed, right? And I'll even go back for I'll, I'll go back to the old days. Uh, some of you older OU fans will remember this. Earl Campbell. I guess Earl Campbell took a visit to OU – and he told Barry Switzer that he was coming to OU when he left Norman. And the next time, this is according to Barry Switzer, the next time Barry Switzer saw Earl Campbell, he was in the same stadium as him, but on the opposite sideline, played for the University of Texas. But I'm sure that we're going to have several of them uh, on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Uh, Here's a Jacob Phillips to LSU. Wow. Oh, yeah. and I, Do people understand just how close Jacob Phillips was to being a Sooner? Well, I think most people know what happened. Okay, good, good. Down good, the good. to you know to to go Tracking. to LSU. Wasn't there even a rumor that he was going to like he had been at LSU for two or three yes. years and he was going to transfer to OU yes. his last year? And is that the year they won the national that championship? Is the year they won the national championship. Man, uh, R. W. McCorders, that's a story. Yeah, Schnelly yeah. screwed that one up. Uh, Robert Meacham. I believe he said 99% chance he was going to go to OU from the uh, Tulsa area and ended up, ended up going to Tennessee. Uh, Earl Campbell uh, Earl Campbell Barbecue Sucks is on the text line. Peyton Bowen for 12 hours is oh on the text line. That was longer than 12 hours. I, I don't know like how, how long that uh, officially lasted, but it felt like about four days. I think it was around 23 hours, but it, it felt like three days is how long that one lasted. Camo Sooner, Eric Dickerson wanted to come to OU, but I think it was his mom or grandma that didn't want him to play for Coach Switzer. Uh, 402, Derek Johnson. Can you imagine him, Teddy, and Lance Mitchell at linebacker? Ooh. OU was the runner. Sick. OU was the runner up for Micah Parsons as well. That's yeah. pretty recent too. Yeah, but, before he went to Penn State. Uh-huh. He's done all right for himself in the NFL. Yeah. He's well. He's done a fantastic. I think he's exceeded expectations in the NFL. Even though he was a pretty uh, what high high pick in the NFL draft coming out of Penn State, and he sat out an entire year too in preparation for the NFL draft. So I think he only played two years of college football. How about this one, quarterback Turner Gill? Had he picked OU over Nebraska, the Sooners don't have three four loss seasons in a row from 1981 to 1983. That's from Douglas Miles. <laughs> Tyler from Kellyville says Brock Vandegrift. JK. Uh, this one from the 405 says Barry Sanders. Was OU, I mean, was OU ever in on Barry Sanders? Because he was an 
under-the-radar recruit coming out of Wichita, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. That was before I, I, I my just, time. Yeah, I just don't think they ever offered Barry Sanders was the was the problem Here's a there. great one. Will Shields, at Lawton, Lawton native, yeah. NFL Hall of Famer, got out of state, went to Nebraska. Yep. Lawton used to put out some dudes back in the day, man. And it seemed like OU got the majority of those guys. What, Antonio Perkins, DJ Wolf, and, and several others – but Lawton there for a for a decent little time period, they were putting out one to two high level Division One players each and every single year. Somebody somebody said, "Who's the big linebacker that went to UCLA, then transferred to Miami at some point? He was a stub, but dealt with some injuries." I think I I believe you'd be referring to Jalen Phillips. Yep, that's it. Yep, current Miami Dolphin Jalen Phillips, Hartley Dykes. Oh yeah, Steel. Did he put like three teams on probation? Hartley Dykes? Something like that, yeah. yeah right. Oklahoma State ended up getting him in the end. Uh, Barry Sanders' dad was an OU fan, says the uh, text line. Mm. Very good. All right, 405-651-3439. It, it's a fun conversation. It's not the most fun conversation to have, but it's fun to go down memory lane and say, dang, OU got really, really close to getting this guy. And how might things have changed for a uh, time period if they were to get this recruit? We'll hit more of those uh, coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. The Ref Army listening nationwide once again today. Seattle, Washington is tuned in via the Ref app. Rocky Mount, Virginia. How about this one? Parker City, Indiana. I've never seen Parker City, Indiana on the map today. But we got Parker City, Indiana on the map listening on the app. Sounds like my kind of people. Hickman, Nebraska? Hickman. That is outside of Lincoln. Sure, it's a nice place. Sounds like a great place. I've been there before. It's all right. Greenwood, Arkansas. North Richland Hills, Texas. Is that Deshaun White where he's from? North Richland Hills? Yes, yes, he is. That's right. North Richland Hills. Small town of the day, Davenport, Oklahoma. Which is where now? Uh, if you're going to the Turnpike in Tulsa, it's in between, like, it's it's by Stroud, basically. Okay, like, gotcha, I think it's gotcha, in between gotcha. Stroud and Chandler. So Tracking. Uh, big shout-out to uh, Davenport. I tell you what, my, my geographical knowledge of the state of Oklahoma always gets a little bit better every time there's severe weather in Oklahoma. Got about three hours of up, it last night. Yeah. I end up chilling with David Payne. I bet you found out last night there's a nowhere Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. It's by Fort Cobb Lake. I guess you... You, you weren't watching David Payne during that time. I must not have. That must have been either before or after I tuned in. Yeah. Well, Nowhere, Oklahoma is actually a real place, as a lot of people learned last night from David Payne. Which, by the way, uh, to everyone out there affected by the storms last night, especially here in the Norman area, um, uh, our, our, our thoughts and prayers here at the Ref uh, go out to you for sure. And apparently, Corey Roberson, his house got hit last night, defensive lineman on the football team. This text says, apparently the GoFundMe link is a fake. Can we as Sooner fans get any kind of clarity on this? Apparently that GoFundMe link was fake. And it it had raised like around $1,500 apparently. So if that GoFundMe link page is still out there, don't click on it. Don't donate to that. It sounds like it's some bad person trying to benefit off of, uh, you know, someone else. Imagine being that much of a loser. That's about, as, that's about as bad be, as it gets. I mean, it's, it's pretty bad. Oh, gosh. I hope, I hope it's, it becomes clear before long who that person is so that they can be held accountable. Because posing as someone else 
whose life was drastically affected by a tornado in order to attain financial benefit for $1,500, too? I mean, what what a crappy human being. Yeah, it is. Rick in Fort Smith, thanks for the Greenwood, Arkansas shout-out. You bet, Rick. Uh, Speaking of shout-outs, you know who got a shout-out this weekend? That was uh, Dylan Riola at the University of Nebraska. I guess it was boys' night out for Dylan Riola with his dad and his uncle up there in Lincoln. They go to a Nebraska men's basketball game, and the student uh, section was uh, chanting at it the, in- the entire time. I don't know what they were saying, but I'm sure it sounded something to the effect of, We want Dylan! And it sounds like Dylan Riola really liked what uh, Nebraska had to offer this weekend. And there's another crystal ball that's dropped for the number one overall player to end up at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's 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 sure trending that way. It's looking like the kid's going to be a Husker. Man, Tyler. that'd be the biggest uh, signing that Nebraska's like maybe ever had. No, it would be transformative. Time. It would be transformative. They would either be what resurrects this program and injects insane life into it once again, or it'll be the final death knell for Nebraska football. Because you land the number one recruit in the country, especially a quarterback, a kid that's as college-ready and as highly regarded as Riola, he's going to get guys to follow him, obviously. that's I, I would go as far as to say Nebraska ends up with a top-10 class if they get Ray. Wow. Right. I think Jeez. that happens. But if they don't win once Riola's on campus, if he is indeed a Husker, then at that point the question becomes – if you couldn't field a winning program with the number one quarterback recruit in the 2024 class, the guy that was supposed to transform your program, how are you ever going to get back on track? Well, and, I, and that's why I think that Sark faces that a little bit. Now, for those of us that follow recruiting, I think that we can all identify that maybe Arch is a little overrated. Like, he wasn't really the number one overall player in last year's class. But the last name's not going to change, Parker. And if Arch is really the only Manning to fail at the collegiate level, that's going to say probably more about Sark than it is Arch Manning, or at least that's what the narrative is going to be. So you're right about that with Riola at Nebraska, and I think Sark's facing exactly that at Texas with Arch Manning. Yeah. It's awesome well, that he got him, but now the pressure's ramped up even more. If you get Dylan Riola, there's a window, right? And I would say the window is three years. If within three years you are back to winning double-digit games and competing for conference championships, then you can, I think, look back on Riola's recruitment as a turning point in the history of the Nebraska football program. But if within that window you don't improve substantially on the football field, it's never going to get any easier, man. It will never get any easier. By the way, we have a tweet from Oklahoma football. I'm reading verbatim. We're aware of questions surrounding the legitimacy of this GoFundMe for Corey Roberson. We can confirm that it is indeed legitimate. Oh, nice. Good deal. And know that he welcomes any contributions as he and his family deal with the aftermath of Sunday's storms. So, it turns out the GoFundMe is, in fact, real. I wonder if it was just, like, another false one that was put out because there were some local media members saying that, uh, yeah, that was that was not real. It was not a real thing. Regardless, uh, if you uh, if you feel like you can help out, uh, help out Corey Roberson, I'm sure his life just changed significantly. He would probably appreciate that. 
I'm sure he would probably appreciate that a lot, actually. And it looked like a lot of his teammates were out there uh, doing the best they can to help him earlier this morning. Yeah, uh, the 405, listener to the 405 says, would the NCAA even allow a student-athlete to set up a GoFundMe? Well, apparently so, because Corey Roberson has set one up and OU football is supporting him. And I will also say, if the NCAA wouldn't allow a student to set up a GoFundMe for tornado relief, screw the NCAA. Yeah. Uh, text line, how does David Stone's on three ranking affect David Stone's recruitment? <laughs> uh, I don't know how it affects his recruitment, but I know how it affects his happiness. Man, on three has him as the number six defensive lineman. 24-7 has him as the number two defensive lineman. On three has him as the number six defensive lineman, the number 64 overall player. And for a guy that's on social media a lot, maybe more so than just about any other commit or recruit, I should say, in the 24 class, yeah, he wasn't too happy about that recent ranking from on three. LaDonna from Lubbock says, what about all the regular students affected last night? There were a lot. There were a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, I mean, those as well, for sure. Yeah, obviously. Corey Roberson's uh, just the one that we know of. Yeah, and it the actually, the, I just moved about – six months ago now but the apartment complex that i lived in until that point took a direct hit from the tornado oh yikes yeah it's and there are there are a lot of people that are going to be affected are going to have cleanup to do are going to have items to replace and people whose lives are going to be fundamentally changed in the weeks and months to come because of this tornado damage so by the way uh david stone uh Scheduled to take another visit to Michigan State on March 14th. Looks like that's an unofficial visit, so I'm sure nobody will panic about that. And his good buddy, Michael Patterson-McDonald, is going to be up there as well. Ah, Michigan State's but, trying to play that card as well. But but they're going to be at Oklahoma the pre the previous day, March 13th. Yeah. So. Are they going to be at the um, Are they going to be at Junior Day this weekend, or is that they'll just be here the weekend after? You got the big recruiting weekend coming up this weekend, correct? Coming yes. up on Saturday. So they're not going to be there, but they will be there on the 13th. Okay, the following weekend. March is going to there are a lot of guys that just have oddly timed visits with Oklahoma in March because a lot of guys are dealing with basketball schedules, with track schedules. And so there are plenty of wheels in motion, plenty of variables to consider when you're talking about unofficial visits in March. So Oklahoma's getting a whole bunch of guys in town on March 4th and March 25th, but those won't be the only two days that the Sooners are hosting visitors. Uh, back to some of these responses about the uh, one recruit you wish never got away or the one recruit you remember OU losing out on that goes on to be a, is a star elsewhere. This one from the 319. Coach Switzer said Barry Sanders High School coach put all his plays on one reel of film. OSU was the first to ask to see it and never returned it, which prevented other schools from seeing it. Doug Miles. Yes, I, I, th- I think they saw the, the highlight tape out of Wichita and said, yeah, we're not letting anyone else see this. We're, we're going we're gonna to have Barry Sanders all for ourselves. And it worked out quite nicely for OSU. He's the best player in their program's history. Another great point from the 918. Ronnie Crimson has much more an effect of an effect on David Stone than his on three ranking. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, Ronnie Crimson, he is what one one for one so far on elite recruits. One for one as a lead recruiter, reeled in Phil Pachotti with an assist from Ted Roof and Brent Venables, yeah. and now we'll look to reel in David Stone with an assist from Todd Bates. Yeah. Well, if if Ronnie Crimson is able to get David Stone and Norman. We need to start talking about him as best recruiters in the Big 12. 
Maybe it won't be Brandon Hall that wins Big 12 Recruiter of the Year this time around. Maybe it'll be Ronnie Crimson. Who knows? Uh, it, this is going to open the door to a much larger conversation that we'll probably have to have in more detail after the break. But somebody in the 307 asks, will Michael Hawkins Jr. be in town this weekend? MFH Jr. We're already going there? And we're not going there. <laughs> no, that is Jackson. Jackson Arnold is the only one that gets the F right now. Um, yes. He will be Michael in town Hawkins this weekend. will be in town Interesting. this weekend. Interesting. Okay. Which was not expected to happen. But here we are. I can tell by your voice and tell by your smile that you think that that is absolutely something. Now, I will say this. He's going to be at TCU on Wednesday. So, it's not as if OU is the only visit that he's taking before whenever the decision ultimately comes down. But with the TCU visit and the OU visit effectively back-to-back, it does feel like we're getting real close to knowing for sure where Michael Hawkins is going to be playing his college ball. I, well, and I got I think you would probably agree with this. If we're really close to finding out where Michael Hawkins is going to play, that is a serious edge to OU. Like the longer this thing is drawn out, the better T, the better chance that TCU has. And well, I'm not saying that TCU has a better chance of 50%, but if this decision happens quick, I think it's OU. And here's the thing. Right now, OU is in the catbird seat much more so than TCU in this recruitment. Because if they get Michael Hawkins, great. If they don't get Michael Hawkins, they just press for Michael Van Buren and they'll get Michael Van Buren in all likelihood. If TCU doesn't get Michael Hawkins, man, they are back to the drawing board. Which, by the way, isn't Michael Van Buren ranked higher on 24-7 as a quarterback than uh, Michael Hawkins Jr. is? Yes. I'm not saying that I would want him more just because of that. I'm just pointing out what the – what the rankings currently say about where they're ranked. Van, and Van Buren is a more polished passer right now than Hawkins. Hawkins, I would say, certainly has the higher ceiling because of the arm talent and because of the athleticism. He's got to continue to refine and sharpen his skills as a passer if he wants to get to Van Buren's level in that capacity. But Long-term, I think Hawkins has a higher ceiling than MVB. But if you're Oklahoma, you really can't go wrong between the two. Let me read a handful of these, one that got away before we hit a break. Caleb Williams, ha-ha. That's the first ever text from this 918 number. Welcome to the show. Thanks a lot. Uh, Julio Jones is on here. Uh, Someone was uh, pointing out Josh Jacobs. Remember that fight with Josh Jacobs? How apparently OU screwed that one up so bad? A lot of people were critical about that one. Josh Jacobs leaving Tulsa to go to Alabama. Dax Hill is on here. Um, We got a a ton on here. A lot of Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders is the leading vote-getter at this point, I think. Uh, Kendall must be preoccupied with something else because he hasn't blown us up about Cole Adams. I know. I hope hope he's okay. There he is. Oh, my gosh. Asking you shall receive. Speak of the devil. That's that's crazy. That was not (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> that was not made up. That was not oh my staged. Gosh. That literally dropped. Literally two seconds after I say that. That's Boom, creepy. there's Kendall with the Cole Adams. So tweet. creepy, we need to take a break on that. Ugh. 405-651-3439. More to come next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Dead period in the, for the 2024 cycle over on Wednesday. OU's got a big junior day coming up this weekend. So from now until this time next week, 
What's the over-under on commits for OU? 0.5? It's the low end. Uh, under. But 0.5 is the right over-under, I'm Sure, guessing. yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. at this point, yes. And I would still take the under. I think here's what's going to happen. The dam is going to break after Michael Hawkins commits. Now, there's a chance that that happens within the next week, but I wouldn't count on it. I think... The kid's probably going to set a decision, I would say, for probably mid to late March. And at that point, once we know whether he's coming to Oklahoma or whether he's going to TCU, that's when things are going to start flowing. If he doesn't pick Oklahoma, if he does go to TCU, I think Oklahoma's going to press somebody, and I don't know who that would be offhand. might be somebody like Caden Durham or Bryant Wesco that already has a ton of love for Oklahoma, but... If they don't get Michael Hawkins, they will press somebody to be first through the wall. Sure. Because they'll want some momentum. By the way, Michael Hawkins right now, and look, I'm going to bring this up, but we know how much quarterback rankings change throughout the year. Michael Hawkins right now currently ranked as the number 14 quarterback by 24-7 sports. Some notable names that you might know, Dylan Riola, five-star quarterback, number one overall player. Uh, He's obviously the number one quarterback. DJ Lagway is the number six quarterback. Walker White uh, is the number seven quarterback committed to Auburn. And then uh, why did I totally lose the quarterback that we were just talking about last segment? Michael Van Buren. Yes, Michael Van Buren uh, is is on this list as well. So there's just a few notables. Don't know every name, um, but at the same time, we've, we've said a few times, last year's quarterback class was truly elite. Doesn't feel like this year's quarterback class is going to be as well-known or as highly thought of as last year's quarterback class was. But Dylan Riola, I mean, he is he's legit. He's the truth. I mean, he's, he's really good. That, that's the name that nationally you're going to remember from this year's recruiting class. Yes, but I, I would agree with you in the sense that the 2023 class of quarterbacks far exceeds in terms of depth and top-end talent what we have in 2024. That's just the reality. Yeah, so zero 2024 commits thus far. We'll, we'll see if it changes over the weekend. And maybe you even get a commit in the next month or two from a guy like Peyton Pierce, who you saw this weekend. At least you were scheduled to see Peyton Pierce this weekend. I did see How him did this weekend. How did that go? Uh... <laughs> Is he good? Are there any Notre Dame fans listening? Oh, there's always Notre Dame fans listening. Okay, now might, now might be a good time to turn your radios off if you're a Notre Dame fan. I don't know if Notre Dame even gets an official visit. Wow. Because, boy, they sure think they're in on this one. Yeah, they do, but here's the thing. Peyton Pierce's closest relationship, or I should say arguably his closest relationship at Notre Dame, was with one James Laurinaitis, who last month left Notre Dame staff to take a job at his alma mater in Ohio State. Yep. And that was significant enough, in Peyton Pierce's eyes, that he has already booked an official visit to Ohio State. So right now, if you're Oklahoma, I think the two programs to be worried about are Ohio State and, oddly enough, Wisconsin. Now, Luke Fickle has personally made Pierce's recruitment a priority. He and Pierce share a background in wrestling. Fickle was a dominant high school wrestler in the state of Ohio. And they're leveraging and this it's it's weird to say this because you wouldn't think there would be much leverage left here, but they're leveraging the fact that they're in the Big Ten, and more specifically the Big Ten West, which is a league and a division in which linebackers 
are the cream of the crop yeah. nationally. Jack Campbell of Iowa, Big Ten West guy, just won the Buckus Award last year. And with as smash mouth as things still are in the Big Ten, especially the Big Ten West, at linebacker, you're getting a lot of action. You're getting a lot of run. And you have the opportunity for plenty of production at a place like Wisconsin. So I, I'm not quite as worried about the Badgers as I am about the Buckeyes, but Pierce did tell me that there is no coach, no individual recruiting him quite as hard right now as Brent Venables. Well, so that's when it's Oklahoma's head coach that's doing the recruiting, when it's the guy that Pierce has literally aspired his entire life to play for, I think it's safe to say OU is still in the driver's seat. Text line from the uh, 620 area code. Will Michael Hawkins' new team hurt or help his development his senior year? In case you haven't been paying attention, leaving Allen for a new school in the Metroplex for his senior year. It's hard to say because Emerson's such an upstart program. It was not a great situation at Allen. I think Mike's going to be refreshed just to get out of the situation that he was in there. So... I, I don't know if it has much more than a negligible impact on his development per se, but he does have a couple nice receivers at Frisco Emerson, including a guy that's shaping up to be a P5 prospect in Kylan Evans, three-star in the class of 2024. 4.05, does OU not like Jaden David anymore? Jaden David. I'm, a, I, I'm assuming... That listener means Jaden Davis, that's, not, not that, the Jaden Davis that's that was, currently on the roster. That was my guess. Yes, not the Jaden Davis that's currently on the roster as a cornerback at Oklahoma, but Jaden Davis, the five-star quarterback prospect in the class of 2024. There's just never really been any traction there between Jaden Davis and Oklahoma. Had an offer under the old staff. New staff continued to recruit him, but it, there, there hasn't really been any teeth there as far as OU is concerned, and Jaden Davis's recruitment feels like Michigan has a good shot there and Clemson has a good shot there. By the way, in case you missed the opening segment of the show today, um, some forecasts and some crystal balls dropped over the weekend. Jeff Ketchum, who covers the University of Texas, has Nigel Smith in a forecast to OU, four-star defensive lineman. Also has Caden Durham, a four-star running back to OU. Um, some crystal balls in over the weekend. Texas gets a crystal ball for five-star running back Jarrett Gibson. What's going on with Texas running back recruiting here recently? They get Bijan Robinson a few years ago. He ends up being a star. Um, someone was saying earlier today, was it Kuiper or McShay? They think Bijan Robinson is the next Saquon Barkley in the NFL. They get Cedric Baxter, five-star running back this past year, and now they might get another five-star running back in Jarrett Gibson. They're kind of cleaning house here in running back recruiting. I can tell you why that's happening, but I can't tell you why that's happening, if that makes sense. Hmm. Does it have to do with a, a bag by chance? I didn't say that. Oh, okay. No, I'll, I'll say it. Okay. It's fine. I'll say okay. it for well, you. If you want me to say it for you, that's fine. I'm just trying to find out the reason. Okay. Well, there you go. Jarrett Gibson of Texas. And, of course, OU gets that Chris, or forecast whatever in for Caden Durham. So it feels like, as we've said a few times now, um, OU's got a lot of options at running back right now. You hinted last week that there was a highly rated running back that wanted to commit to OU, wanted to be the first 2024 commit, but OU said, eh, hold on, we're still kind of evaluating our options as, as to who we really want there. And if that's the case, if that happened, then that just tells you OU running back-wise in this class, boy, they feel real good about where they currently sit right now and the options that they have. DeMarco 
cannot miss right now. And as Brandon Drum mentioned on air when we had him on the show in the 1 o'clock hour on Friday, OU's about to get another visit from a four-star Georgia commit in Tovani Mizell, top five running back in the 2024 class. So even the guys that aren't ostensibly on the open market, DeMarco's still keeping in touch with and actively recruiting to Oklahoma and doing so well, in fact, that he's getting these guys to come back around. I guess uh, Notre Dame is finally going to get their offensive line coach. They are expected to hire Virginia Tech's Joe Rudolph as their next O-line coach. Was there really a rumor out there? Were Notre Dame fans and Notre Dame message boards throwing out that they were going to get Bill Biedenboe? Was that like an internet thing a week or two ago? I don't think it was a serious internet thing. Well, I mean, yeah, but it feels like Notre Dame is so hurt recently for what OU has uh, done to them in recruiting and the fact that they didn't get Jeff Levy and some other things that maybe they're just throwing out some crazy accusations now. But they don't get Beal beaten both. They get uh, Virginia Tech's offensive line coach. Good for them. Good for them. Good for the Irish. I mean, sure. Whatever. Notre Dame, I just – it's not hurting me to watch that program bleed right now. That's all I'll say. Yeah. 405-651-3439. One final segment of Locked In coming up next. Final segment, Locked In with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Big Junior Day weekend coming up in Norman. And what, I guess the headline is probably number one defensive lineman, Will Winery. Um, You just said earlier that Michael Hawkins Jr. will be in town, but anytime you get a five-star defensive lineman, I would guess Winery is going to be the most high-profile target you have in Norman this weekend. Uh, Yes, especially because he's quickly trending towards being if not the consensus top edge in the country, definitely a consensus top five prospect. Number two in the new on three rankings. Already number three overall for us at 24-7, and it seems like the other uh, recruiting services are coming around as well. So he'll make his way to Norman over the weekend. Uh, don't get your hopes up and expect any sort of commit from Winery. At least I don't think that that's the case. You're just trying to uh, – Trying to lay the groundwork right here. Trying to build those relationships yeah, because you've said multiple times you think relationships are big with this one. He He's big on relationships, and that's why we're talking about Missouri being the biggest challenger to Oklahoma right now, Tyler. Missouri. Now, he's not going to commit until July at the very earliest, so there's time for this whole thing to unfold, and there's time for OU to continue watering the bamboo, as Brent Venables would put it. Right, but I don't think you're trying to lock Williams and Winery down when he comes to Oklahoma this weekend. You do have the chance to move into the lead if you can really hit this thing out of the park, yeah. though. Talking about running back recruiting last segment, a texture in the 405 says, yeah, we're good at running back. Can we get DM7, which is DeMarco Murray, to recruit some offensive line and tight ends? I feel like you, you got four offensive linemen last year. I mean, they're going to get more offensive get linemen more this, this year. year. Yeah. And they're going to be good ones. And right now, it's looking like you might end up with a guy that's going to be one of the top tight ends in the entire country once he reclassifies to the 2024 cycle. So, not really worried about those two positions. Not At least not to the extent that some others seem to be. Yeah. I mean, really, like, what are the positions that you are concerned about in 2024? I don't know if you're overly concerned with any position. It's just more the attitude of, 
you really got to get some front, especially some defensive line, and you got to clean house yeah, here. And I would say if there's a position I'm worried about, um, linebacker, if Peyton Pierce gets away. Doesn't feel like Which he I, is, I though, don't anticipate. Man, you know, I, there's so much tying that kid to Oklahoma. So that is the top target for Oklahoma at the linebacker position in the class of 2024. And I don't think they take more than two backers because they don't have any seniors right now on the sure. roster at the linebacker position. So and, it, and I would guess that we'll, we'll see what happens with Stutzman. A lot exactly. could happen with him. But I, I, I just, like, sitting here today, I'm not going to be shocked if he's back for another year at OU. I, I would think he is. Now, if he's not, then maybe that opens the door for Oklahoma to take another one at that position. But as things stand, I bet you they just take two. That's kind of my read. Yeah. Because they got a lot of young talent in that linebacker room as it is. I'll, uh, I'll ask you this, and we'll hit it uh, coming up during the rush. But 24-7 Sports has the 2017 – OU football team as the sixth most hated team of all time. That team led by Baker Mayfield, the number six most hated team of all time, which I think is a little bit too high, whatever. Your number one most hated college football team of your lifetime. Who was it and what year was it? Oh, man. That's Notre a- Dame every year now? Is no, that no, Texas no, 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 Tech no. last year? <laughs> Gosh, that's a great question because I don't think there's one answer that jumps out. What was number one in the in the poll? Who was number one? Uh, we had a lot of different responses. 86 Miami, though. Got yeah, I ton. figured it would be one of those Miami teams. For me, man, I had a love-hate relationship with LSU in 2019. I loved them because they were so fun to watch, but, man, I hated them because they were inevitable. You knew. There's nothing you could do to evade that team and their offensive onslaught. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say Miami in 86. I wasn't born yet, but you want to talk like 02 Miami, 01 Miami? Yeah then we could have a nice little conversation. All right, The Rush coming up next. Keep it locked in The Ref.